they need to find their journey of being happy and accepting it the same way we need to find it. But like, they can't be okay with alopecia if we're not okay with it, you know? Hey everyone, welcome to the Alopecia Project. This is the podcast that uncovers the world of alopecia, an autoimmune condition that results in various patterns of hair loss. I'm your producer, Sarah McMichael, and today's episode is part two of Sarah Adams' interview with Kaya Sicard. Kaya has had alopecia since she was five and volunteers as a support group leader with the Canadian Alopecia Areata Foundation. Today, we talk to her about navigating relationships with significant others, friends, and family while living with alopecia. So Kaya, really great to have you back with us today. I want to talk about relationships and, you know, interacting with with people when you have alopecia because I know you have some interesting stories and, and it's the conversation that I think a lot of people want to hear is, is what is it like to have various kinds of relationships? I'm talking like intimate relationships, friendships, you know, even relationships with your family. What is it, what is it like to kind of go through all of that uh, while having alopecia? I kind of, I'll start off with a bit of an anecdote here. I had I've had uh, been in a relationship for it'll be seven years in January. He's he's a really really great guy. His name is Anthony. He never experienced me having alopecia until I was twenty four years old. So we were we've been dating since we were eighteen years old, and like I had all my hair had grown back from the first time I lost it. So it was like completely normal. And then when I was twenty four, I started to find these patches, and that was really scary for me because, you know, not only am I going through this as an adult again, where I thought, you know, maybe I won't have to go through alopecia ever again. My hair kind of just grew back. But now there's another person that I kind of had to deal with. And that was a really, really scary prospect for me. He was amazing. Um, it, it really, really didn't change too much in our relationship. You know, he was very supportive. It was, and he had known that I had had alopecia in the past and he knew that, you know, it's a, it's an autoimmune disease that can kind of reoccur and come up in different different stages. But it, you know, it didn't take away the fact that it was scary to be in a relationship while you're not at your hundred percent. You know, that's that's kind of something that I'd gone through and it was it was a very interesting experience and it was not something that happened overnight or or something that I felt comfortable overnight. But yeah, what are your experiences with kind of relationships and and having alopecia? I mean, I've had the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I've been lucky because the past two relationships that I've been in, they've been really supportive with it. Like, they've encouraged me to show them, you know, what alopecia is like, and they have try to learn and get more involved in the alopecia community that way they can properly support me that's one yeah it's 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 been great so I appreciate that I have had the relationships you know where they've used it against me and used it as like a scare tactic like oh nobody's gonna want to date a girl who has alopecia nobody's gonna want to date a bald girl so like I did have people who play on my insecurities oh my god that is horrible oh I know <laughs> but these are people who you know are gone for good and that's a good thing yeah yeah those are definitely not people that you want in your life no but like I did a lot of online dating and um and the more I did it um I would just I'd be open from the jump 
Yeah. You know, and I would say, you know, hey, I've got something to tell you. If you can't handle it, I totally understand and I'm not going to hold it against you. Because, you know, it is it is something big. As much as we try and minimalize it, it some people just don't can't handle it or they're not attracted to it. And I don't think it's fair for us to, you know, force it upon them. So I'd be like, hey, hi, I have alopecia. I don't have hair. So if you can't handle that, that's okay. We just probably shouldn't waste our time talking anymore. And I, I did get a few people who, you know, said, yeah, I, I'm sorry, I can't deal with it. And I can't get angry. You know, we all have our preferences of what we like. And I get it. But um, yeah, it was, I found that by being upfront and honest from the beginning, it set, you know, a good tone. Yeah, I guess dating in a world of, or, or like online dating, right? And in having a profile out, profile out there, I mean, there are so many different implications that come with that just separately of having alopecia but then when you add alopecia to that mix it's like a whole other layer it's you know in some ways it's kind of like a neat tool because now you can kind of weed out people even faster right weed out people who who you don't necessarily want to be in a relationship with because they're not as accepting of you yeah it's funny because a lot of like parents who um you know, have kids that have alopecia, their number one worry is, are they going to get married? Are they going to have a boyfriend or a girlfriend? And it's like, you know, if if the person that your child is with can't handle the fact that they have alopecia, do you really want them to be with them? Right. Like it kind of, it weeds out the weeds from the flowers. Absolutely. I think though, like from my experience anyway, because like I had had hair when I started dating my boyfriend and like we've been dating for a very long time before it's it, it kind of hit. So that was like a process for me, but I think it was also kind of a of a process for him, right? To to and I mean like if I were to ask him now he he'd say, "Yeah, it's fine. I'm fine with it." But like and and he was, but I think it got him like it took him some time to kind of come to that place cuz like I said it doesn't happen overnight. Well, I mean, like, I guess the acceptance can happen overnight. And it's like, okay, well, this is this kind of just happens. But there are always like, thoughts and and insecurities that you have in a relationship. Now with this extra level of alopecia, it's like, uh oh, (laughs) it makes it a little bit more complicated from my experience. No, it's true. And it's just like, it doesn't, in your situation, for example, it doesn't just end with you. You know, because now he has to like explain to his family and then he also has to think of like in the future with kids, oh my gosh, will they be susceptible to alopecia, you know? Yeah. Like, so you can't blame that your partner's going to have to go through a transition with you. I think, you know, a lot of people just focus on themselves, but it's hard on your partner too. Mm Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. What was it like in your experience, you know, you're saying, you know, coming out with it upfront and being forward and, and I guess that starting relationship with honesty, which is, you know, obviously something that you want to do anyways. What was that like for your partner partners at that point? It was, it was okay. Um, my like ex, my recent ex, he had like had an infection in his mouth. So he didn't have like the top front teeth and he had to wear like a plate and I remember when I like first met him online and I told him, oh, I've got something to tell you, blah, blah, blah. He's like, oh, that's funny. I've got something to tell you. And we just kind of laughed about it because it was like we everyone has their imperfections or stuff that they don't like or that they're worried that people won't appreciate. And it was, it was nice to feel not so strange, you know, 
with like my current boyfriend it was just never it was just never an issue like I told him and he like has been actively trying to you know learn as much as it is that way when I'm having like my bad days he's always he's always there to support you know so it's it's nice when that he takes an interest and that like he understands that you know I'm going through a journey and that yeah you know he can't understand but he's going to be there to try and support and that exactly what you said it's a journey right not every day is going to be your 100 percent day right or or you're not going to feel great every single day yeah um so it's nice to to have that support yeah yeah no it definitely is it's it's hard I mean the first like for example like your first time sleeping over I remember um (laughs) my my boyfriend right now I was like because he had um he was living at his parents' house and he had two little siblings. So again, here's my fear of children (laughs) (laughs) and I'm sleeping over and I'm wearing my wig and I'm dying of heat. And it's just so hot and so uncomfortable because I've been wearing it all day and I just wanted out of it. And I remember leaving his house and getting to my house. And the first thing I did was ripping off my wig (laughs) because like, I just, (laughs) I had to get it off. But like, I mean, it was scary because not only was like I showing him, what I was like without a wig but like what if his siblings open up the door and see me without a wig you know like what was that like with what seeing like siblings or him seeing to this day his siblings still haven't seen me <laughs> like his parents and his siblings haven't seen me um but he, I mean we live together now so he sees me every day without a wig he knows that I don't like wigs yeah and it's fun there's like he does his best to make me feel you know beautiful every day when was the first time that um, I guess he saw you without a wig? Um, I don't even remember. I think it would probably be like the third time I slept over. Like I just couldn't take the heat anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't take it. I was like, listen, I don't want to scare you and have you roll over in the middle of the night for you to see like me bald. <laughs> I was like, so I'm going to take this off. <laughs> because I'd be freaky. You go to sleep with someone who like... <laughs> has hair and you wake up and roll over in the middle of the night and see a bald person beside you like it would scare me too <laughs> yeah that's that's very true I think you know like that's really the make it or break it part right it's it's like <laughs> having those intimate moments and then and then you know being okay with that yeah I mean like he has a great sense of humor so like I don't think I've ever really felt uncomfortable with him with anything so Right. I'm lucky with that, but there are like instances in the past where, you know, I felt extremely uncomfortable and it just kind of sucks. Yeah. You need to have somebody who who is supportive of you when you can't when you're not supportive of yourself, right? Yeah. Cuz like again, like I said, not every day is going to be 100%. So if you're feeling like 80%, you kind of need somebody to balance you out a little bit. Oh, for sure. Like this summer he um taught me how to fish. Yeah. And um, we went fishing, like, up where I live because it's north. And, again, small town, so I was petrified that everyone would see me. But it's so hot fishing with a wig on that I was able to go without a wig. But I think that's mainly because, you know, he was there. And it's, like, another security blanket. You know, if I can't have my wig to console me, at least I've got him. <laughs> yeah, that's that's wonderful. It's really funny in with with my boyfriend. So I had only recently decided to shave my head. So I have alopecia areata and, and like I was losing patches for about a year. And then it was Thanksgiving, just this past Thanksgiving, about a month ago, I decided I wanted to shave my head. 
And well, like I'd been thinking about it for a while, but that's when I actually did it. So I, it's funny talking about like different types of relationships. I, I went to my dad and I said like, hey, I want to do this. And my dad was very emotional about it. It was really interesting. I don't know. He like he was very supportive of me, obviously, but like I think it, it was it was hard for him. And and at that point, like because it had been like brewing in my head, I I was more comfortable with it. But you know, the second I took the razor, I basically said, "Dad, like either you can do this, or I'm going to go over to Anthony's, and Anthony can do it for me." <laughs> so my dad did it, and he was okay. And like and it was a great experience for my dad to do it and my mom came and she was like oh I want to try too so, <laughs> so they took turns cutting my hair and then like shaving it off and that was a really really liberating day for me was just shaving my head because I had felt like I looked like a mad scientist yeah and yeah because it's just so patchy and gross and like I didn't like that but then going over to my boyfriend's house and and showing him and saying, hey, look what I did. And I took my wig off and I and I showed him that I had a bald head. And like, that was a really scary experience, even though I knew he, he loves me and like, it's okay. I was that was just such a scary experience for yeah. me. No, I can I can definitely appreciate that. And it's like, it would be the same. It's It's really the same thing, though, like, as anyone else, you know, like, if you get a tattoo or if you like change your hair color, you know, if you had hair, like we all want to be accepted and we all want to feel, you know, handsome or beautiful or whatnot. So it's hard, especially with a significant other. It's definitely hard. Yeah. And I think like, I think it was like two weeks ago or something. Um, I had been bald for two weeks at this time and it, and it just happened like a few weeks later. We were like, just like sitting together and I didn't have my wig on or anything. And I just like spontaneously started crying. And like, I was I was upset about it. Because that wasn't one of my good days. And I was, you know, very self conscious about the fact that I didn't have hair. And my boyfriend has beautiful hair. He has like, <laughs> wonderful, wonderful hair. And I, I'm always jealous of it. I was jealous of it before I even had alopecia. But like, it was such a, it's such a like strange experience to kind of come into and you know make sure that your significant other is okay with it but also balancing you being okay with it and it really is like becomes kind of like a joint journey yeah and I'm finding now that like as much as it's important for them to be accepting of it it's like I can't worry about them being accepting. It's just either they are or they aren't. And that's their own mission to be accepting of it. Because I mean, I know myself, I'm the type of personality where like, I want to please everyone and I want to make everybody happy. And I'm just learning that you really can't do that, especially when it comes to alopecia. Like they need to find their journey of being happy and accepting it the same way we need to find it. But like, they can't be okay with alopecia if we're not okay with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's it's interesting. It was one of the, I believe it was a coffee and chat or a Saturday morning session or something at Knaf. And it was mother and the daughter were sitting there. And like, the mother was so concerned about the daughter being able to date and and I think she was probably like 13 or 14 at the time and you can see that the daughter was like obviously super embarrassed by this conversation 
<laughs> the mother was like, it was a really big concern for her. How do you kind of go about reassuring parents? And and I know we kind of touched on this before, but like reassuring parents and even like people, anybody, it's okay to date and not have hair. Yeah, I mean, again, um, I mentioned, you know, that like it kind of weeds out the good and the bad and that, you know, it is going to be a journey, but like everyone has their own insecurities. And I think that it's just so important for the family to be supportive and you can't treat them. Like this is going to sound weird. You can't treat your kid like they have alopecia. Like your kid is not a special case just because they have alopecia. So the same rules, same restrictions should go on your child as if your child had hair, because you know, that's life. Like, life isn't going to change just because we have alopecia. Right. So, like, with dating and stuff, if you are teaching your child that they should be, like, pampered and taken care of and doted on and, like, be a charity case, like, yeah, your your child's going to have issues. But if you teach your child to be, like, confident and strong and, like, sure of themselves, you know, that attracts people more than the person who's cowering in the back. Yeah. And it's no different. It really isn't. There are some wigs out there where I can't tell that they're wigs. And I wear wigs. (laughs) So, I mean, I think that confidence will trump over, you know, physical appearance any day. Yeah. And I think, you know, that confidence, and and that's maybe like another pro to having alopecia is you kind of build up that confidence prior to even dating or thinking about dating. Like it's, it's building confidence in you. And that really shines out when you are dating people. Yeah. And I find that like parents, um, and I can speak from experience with my mother, the parents take it way worse than the child does. Like my mom used to cry and she'd be upset and she'd be so worried about what's like going to happen to me, but I'd be fine, you know? And it's like, parents have to remember that you're still a parent and you need to like fake it. Don't let your kids see you like crying and worrying. And the fact that, you know, the example you gave where the mom in front of like a big group of people was vocalizing about how her daughter's like never going to date like that does a lot of harm you know that's like having an overweight child and being like oh my child's never gonna date because she's overweight like that does a lot to the child's confidence you know it really 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 does yeah yeah let's switch gears a bit and go into friendships and those types of relationships what has been your experience having alopecia and telling people who are, like, friends who are very close to you? So, like, in elementary school, it, I don't know, I didn't have the greatest experience, but I also wasn't hanging out with the greatest group of people. And then in high school, and then a little bit into, like, after high school, um, my best friend at the time, she was amazing. Like, she, she would full out, like, cuss you out if you even looked at me or made, like, an insinuation towards my alopecia. Like, she was down for the cause and um it was great having her as a support system for that I don't really keep too many friends like I have a couple friends and they're all really supportive and I have no problem like being without a wig with them we just don't talk about it because the alopecia isn't who I am you know and I met these people before I had alopecia so they know the true me I find it hard to make new friends. Yeah. I don't really I don't really have an interest in it. It sounds horrible, but I don't know. It's just it's it's hard. It's like hard talking to people and uh it's hard getting to know them and it's just like 
I'm always worried about being the charity case, you know? Like, I don't want people to be my friend because they feel bad. Yeah, that's that's fair. I think, so when my first time having alopecia when I was young, I didn't tell anybody. Like, I tried, well, obviously my parents and, like, my family knew, but I tried to hide it as much as I could when I was in school. Like, I did scarves, I did a hair piece, and then, like, I moved into a wig. And, like, looking back, I'm sure some people realized or, like, thought it was weird like my hair was only in one way for like a long period of time or or whatever I'm sure it wasn't as <laughs> as uh, the same as I had thought but like later uh once my hair came back or, or I think it was, was like as my hair started to come back I felt more comfortable telling people so I told two of two of my best friends at the time and uh like I told them and then that was that and and I was you know, kind of went on with my day. And it wasn't, you know, okay, we're not going to be friends with you now that you told us this like secret about yourself. But it, it was just like, okay, another thing. Let's move on. Yeah, I've I've never really had like with my friends, I've never really had a negative experience. You know, I'm, I've been pretty, I know some people do. Um, and I feel bad for those guys. But yeah, I mean, as you can see, because I mean, you hid it from your friends for a while. And I was very open with my friends from the jump, like, friends are friends. And if they're really friends, they're not going to change. Exactly, right. I was just gonna say, like, maybe if they're being negative about it, then that's like a bigger conversation to be had about whether you really want these people in your life as friends. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's, it's funny, you talked about like, kind of being older and being an adult and making friends. I recently started working at a new company in April. And prior to that, I was in a very um, corporate environment. I worked at a bank and like, it was, it was like big range of ages. And like, I hadn't made really very many friends. I made friends with two girls that um, like, I'm still good friends with to this day. And like, I told them I didn't have alopecia at the time, but like, okay, that's just another thing to tell them. And it was fine. And then when I got had my alopecia, and I started this new job, like that was really interesting for me, because I work at a startup, and it tends to skew more to younger people. And so that was like, they wanted to start soccer teams or to do like physical activities and stuff. And like, or after work hours. And like, that was hard for me, because, oh, I don't know if I want to play like, tag football or whatever uh while I'm wearing a wig right and like yeah. they didn't know and I we had a cottage weekend and one of my friends from work came with me and another friend of mine from an improv group like we all kind of went to a cottage to her parents cottage and we went swimming and that was the first time that they'd ever see me without my wig and that was a that was big for me but it was like just another day, like a regular thing for them. They didn't really make a big deal about it or anything. And I felt so good about it. Like I used to be so self-conscious about swimming because of the way or because of my wig and because of alopecia. But now it was like, wow, my friends accept me for who I am. I'm just going to go jump in the pool now or in the, the lake and it's fine. Yeah, it's the pool is like... <laughs> You want to jump in the pool, especially because we have some hot summers, but it's like you don't want to jump in the pool at the same time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I know. It's it's hard. And it's not so much even like the people you know, 
I find it hard with when like because I used to go to my um, ex-best friend's house in the summertime a couple years ago and I'd be fine if it was just her and I but then I remember like walking into her backyard and she'd have like her boyfriend or her boyfriend's friends and I'm like oh, no swimming for me <laughs> did, did you ever find that people said anything to you if you weren't swimming yeah they'd be like it's so hot like put your head under the water or like oh um why don't you jump in or oh let's play this game and it's just like I'm I'm antisocial anyways like I don't I don't like people I'd much rather be at home with my dog watching Netflix than to be out with people (laughs) so I guess they didn't really like question it too much Mm -hmm. but yeah I just I would have to come up with a lot of excuses and like the thing is too because the people that I wasn't super close with they would ask me to do certain things and I'd make up excuses as to why I couldn't go out and I noticed that they just stopped asking after a while because I think that they thought that like I didn't want to do stuff with them but really I just I didn't want certain situations you know like anything where it's going to be hot where like you're sweating I don't want to do <laughs> because it sucks to be hot in a wig yeah or like you know so yeah even like a simple thing like going out to a bar or a club and dancing it's not worth the anxiety that I have about my wig falling off yeah oh for sure for me it was like that soccer and soccer experience that I was telling you about it was like all these people wanted to join and the soccer league and like the crappy part is that like I like soccer I'm actually pretty good at it and I would have had a really good time but like I didn't want to get myself into an experience where like, oh, my wig fell off for like, you know, and then these are also people that you work with. So that's a whole other thing, too. You could have come out all to them all at once in one big hurrah and then <laughs> would have been like ripping off the bandaid. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And it's still something I'm thinking about doing. But uh, it's awkward when you're doing like tons of physical activity. I think it's important to have these conversations about how you kind of live your everyday life while either wearing a wig or going out bald and and how other people perceive you because I think it really like that makes a difference to people I remember you were talking about writing in your blog or journal and you're talking about people on the subway looking you looking at you and how that makes you feel do you think there's a difference between how strangers look at you and how people you know look at you well the people that I know that look at me they don't look at me any different than how they did when I have hair so I can't really you know judge from that but when like the strangers look you can tell you can tell if it's like you know a looking as if you're okay like the way I look at somebody who has nice shoes compared to the way I look at someone who has like beat up holy shoes are different like everyone has those facial expressions and you can't help but to pick up on those facial expressions so yeah depending on who it is or what area I'm at, you do notice certain body language. And like people will do things like they'll let me, you know, they'll feel bad. So like you get to skip in line because like <laughs> this one lady who comes to the coffee, coffee and conversations in, in uh, Toronto, she was telling me that like she feels bad and she wants to explain. But like every time she goes to Starbucks, someone gives her daughter a free hot chocolate because like they think she has cancer. <laughs> And, like, her daughter loves the free hot chocolate, but she feels bad because she hasn't said anything yet. And it's just, you know, we do get certain perks. It's it's horrible, but <laughs> we do. Yeah, wow. Oh, that's, 
That's really interesting. Yeah. I haven't had to use any of those yet, but or, or haven't had the situation to use any of those yet, but that could definitely be interesting. Yeah, it's it's different. <laughs> it is it is very different. Do you have so since you host these coffee and conversations, do you find that people come or people who have alopecia come by themselves or come with either like a parent or a significant other? What is there kind of a breakdown there? It's so it's honestly so open. Like in the recent one, we had like two families, so the mother and their children who had alopecia. Um, we had a wife come with her husband. The wife had the alopecia. We have a lot of like people who come individually. It it really depends on the person. Some I find that when it's their first time coming, they usually bring someone as support because it's 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 a scary thing, you know. Um, you're just walking into a room full of people you don't know and like opening up and I think it's 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 a wide range the ages when we do have kids they're usually around the age of eight or older but the adults it's usually like late 20s to early 60s wow yeah but it's it's great because you get to hear the perspective of so many people because my experience is going to be different from someone who's like married retired and has grandkids you know yeah do you do you find that there's a difference between people who bring, come and like bring somebody as support? Like, are they more open to talking about things? Or are they a little bit more closed off because they have somebody there? Or you don't really find that there's too much of a difference? I don't find a difference. Like, they tend to act the same. I actually find a difference in the person who came to be the support. Like, they will come up to me and they'll be like, oh, you know, I used to think that my wife was overreacting, but like... I see here that it is a community and that there's lots of people who feel the same way that she does. Or like, they'll be like, oh, thank you so much. I actually learned a lot. Or, oh, thank you so much. You know, this place really helped open my eyes seeing that, you know, my husband isn't being an overreactor. Like, it's nice. I feel like it opens up the doors for them to then learn more. Yeah, that's definitely a good takeaway, I guess, is, is you know, maybe bring your significant other or uh, your friend or a parent or sibling or whatever to one of these community conversations and that helps them, right? And their experience with somebody who has alopecia. Yeah. And then there's people like me. I don't like bringing my family. I mean, (laughs) my family's come to all the conferences except for the Scarborough one, but I won't let them come to the same, to a meeting that I'm hosting or that I'm participating in. Why is that? I don't know. I I just, I don't want them to hear it. You know, like I know my family will probably listen to this podcast and they've seen other things that I volunteered to do. It's just different when me, I like having, you know, I feel like it's important to conquer fears on your own too. And to just not have something to fall back on. Um, because it's taking the plunge, you know, because to me, you don't know if that support system is always going to be there. So I find it, if for me, it's beneficial to do things on my own. That's not the way for everyone. And I, and I totally understand that. But I benefit more from doing things head on. Yeah, I uh, completely agree with you. I think the first time when I was young, I think it was more of a thing for my parents to be part of these support groups. But then as I got older, it was more important for me to be part of these support groups, right? And it just be me. So I think that definitely, like, whatever your age is, whatever kind of stage of your life you're in, really makes a difference on on how many people you want to participate in this with you. 
Yeah, and that's why I think that things like the success session, like the one that we're having at this month, mm-hmm. I think it's important because especially for young children, I don't think they should be talking about it so much, you know? I think it's important for the parents to get help, but I love the fact that CanF kind of separates them. So the kids go get to be kids and they get to play with other kids who are just like that. And it brings a sense of normality to it. And then the parents can go deal with their issues, you know? <laughs> so I, I, I really like that they separate that because I feel like at the same time, you know, because I know my mom, not so much my dad, but my mom did it a lot to me where she would bring up a lot of insecurities. And I know it wasn't on purpose by any means, but she would make me second guess things or she would make me worry about things. And, um, and it's not from a place of malice. It's no from a place of concern, right? Yeah. So I think it's important for, for the parents to have a coping mechanism and people that they can talk to who are going through it to get some advice because that group of parents, their children could be one years old or they could be 31 years old, you know? So yeah, for sure. All right. So I think that that brings us to time. Thank you so much for joining me and, and having this conversation. I really, really appreciate it. I think a lot of people are going to start taking advantage of, advantage of these coffee and conversations and success sessions because, you know, it's it's definitely a good way to overcome any fears or obstacles that you may have. Yeah, I, I, I think that they're great. I, I honestly said not just mine, like go to other ones. Too. <laughs> like, I think that they're a lot. They're a lot of fun and they're helpful. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much, Kaya. I really appreciate the time. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. And that's it for this episode of the Alopecia Project. Thank you to Kaya for taking the time to speak with us. If you're interested in learning more about the Canadian Alopecia Areata Foundation, we've put a link to their website in the show notes. Thank you to Sarah for that amazing interview and to all of you for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to the Alopecia Project on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We'll see you next time.